Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds, leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. Don't forget also, subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. Let's get into it. It is Wednesday, December 13th, and Jawan Howard's future at Michigan remains unclear after an incident reportedly between himself and Michigan strength coach John Sanderson. Some reports have described the incident as physical. Others have stopped short of that. Either way, Brendan Quinn, the uh, fabulous uh, reporter and writer for The Athletic, um, according to Brendan, uh, the incident is going through a university review process, and Juwan Howard remains under a zero-tolerance policy uh, with the school, a policy that was instituted after he struck a Wisconsin assistant back in February 2022. Dead leg, weird story, obviously. What do you make of the situation at Michigan right now? Yeah. Um, all right. So we're obviously good morning to everyone watching live uh, Wednesday morning here. We'll see if this story advances on Wednesday or not. Michigan's next game is scheduled for Saturday against Eastern Michigan. Uh, we've got a few things to touch on here, but um, you would think that we would have some sort of movement by the time we have to uh, record again on Friday. But yeah, on Sunday night, it was it was Quinn who after, you know, some online rumor mongering, I guess, really started to spread heavy. Um, it was late on Sunday where Quinn, you know, he posted a, he posted a note here on on what his understanding of the situation was. The Detroit News subsequently confirmed that I, I the only thing this is is Michigan. I mean, there's it is it is as I as I wrote earlier this week. It is specializing in in drama on a weekly basis here. I can confirm that there was some some sort of uh, confrontation between. Uh, John Sanderson, the strength coach, and Juwan Howard. Um, but the nature of that, why it happened, uh, there's certainly some speculation out there as to what it is. We wait to see when there's more details on that. Um, the fact that it is especially quiet at Michigan right now obviously indicates that uh, the matter is relatively serious. You've also got the unusual sight 
of Sanderson not traveling. Like when we were recording on Sunday, Paris, when we were doing our Sunday podcast and near the end, I got a text about this situation. And uh, basically, you know, is Juwan Howard uh, going to be done at Michigan? And I, and I, you know, I, I didn't understand what the hell it meant period because they had just won against Iowa on the road and Howard was at the game. Sanderson was not. So this uh, alleged uh, confrontation happened late last week uh, surrounding a Michigan practice. And normally a strength and conditioning coach will travel with the team. I mean, that's that's standard practice there. He did not. What we don't know yet is the reason for why he did not go with the team. Was someone else disciplining him? Was he on his own accord saying, I'm not traveling with this team and, and with Juwan right now? Or was it some sort of combination of people getting together and saying, you know what, it would be best for all parties if Sanderson didn't uh, travel on this. Howard did go, though, and he remains, as we've mentioned previously this season, he remains uh, around the team, but not the active head coach. He has been on the sideline and what Parrish and I have described as some, something of an, of an odd setup where Phil Martelli has been the acting head coach. Phil Martelli has been the one doing the uh, day before media availability and post-game press conferences, while Howard has at times been also, you know, <laughs> uh, standing up and, and, and shouting commands to his team. He did get I'm almost positive. He got run from one of the games in Battle for Atlantis, which is when he started uh, traveling with the team and sitting on the bench. He did travel with the team as far back as uh, as Michigan's game against St. John's in New York City. I was there. I was curious he was going to be in the building. Um, if he was, he was never seen publicly. So um, it's a uh, it's a it's a bizarre thing. I think Nada's got the got the tweet here. Jalen Rose also added to this on Sunday night. Obviously, Jalen Rose is extremely famous former Fab Five teammate and their longtime very close friends. Uh, Jalen said, you know, he's not stepping down. He's very much looking forward to if you're watching. You can see right now. I'll quote it directly. Jawan Howard did not and is not stepping down as head coach. He's enthusiastically hoping to return December 16th. Jawan is literally recovering from open heart surgery done September 15th. Hail. Um, now, since all this happened, we have heard from Jawan Howard, uh, who decided to post a tweet on um, Monday might have been. He went to a local uh, children's hospital and just uh, he shared a picture of a, of a trip there. You can see some players. He's not in the picture. He took the picture. But um, but yeah, he shared this on Tuesday and we wait to hear we wait to hear more. Um, so that's kind of the status of where we are and um, the reporting to this point. Uh, but I'll send it back over to you, Parrish. I mean, we'll see if he if he maintains his position and he rejoins the team later this week. I have no idea what to expect, to be honest. Uh, if it wasn't physical, this might spare him um, any kind of separation from the program. But uh, it is, it has hit the point with Michigan here where previous events and behavior on Howard's behalf. This is why sometimes when coaches get, uh, you know, fired or just terminated from their job, it's because, you know, in the future, we're not even going to have to deal with any of this stuff. And yet you have this situation again. I'm not blaming all of this on Howard entirely. We don't know the nature of the confrontation, why it happened and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I mean, come on, come on, GP uh, between Harbaugh and Howard. It's, it's just one thing after another at that university, obviously uh, not a good look whatsoever. I would hope we would have word from Ward Manuel, the athletic director sooner rather than later. They're either cheating or fighting in Ann Arbor. Consistent. It appears. Consistent. They're going to steal your signs or 
or get into a scuffle. I know. One of the two. The Detroit News has reported that it did not reach the level of a physical altercation. They're pretty definitive about that. Either way, we can just talk about this factually. Whatever happened, it did rise to a level where somebody was concerned enough where the strength coach is no longer traveling with the team. And again, according to Brendan Quinn, this is being, um, you know, uh, it's going to a university review process. All right. It's, it's reached that. It was outside, outside the athletic department. It is elevated to that status, which which I think is fairly serious. So whatever happened, it it rose to that level. It ain't nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, we can wonder about what it actually was, but clearly it wasn't nothing. Um, what Jalen Rose tweeted or said matters not at all to me because, I mean, we've seen this on the football side with Desmond Howard. I don't know why these guys are so eager to run to the defense of people who are doing more or less exactly what it is they've been accused of uh, of doing. But either way, Jalen's words, you know, Jawan Howard is not stepping down. Okay, I, I didn't hear anybody say that he might. I think the question right now is they might fire him because he's on a zero-tolerance policy and um, he has been involved in, in, at the very least, an incident that rose to the level where the strength coach is no longer traveling with the team and the incident is going through a university review process. Um, the whole thing's weird. Everything about what's happening at Michigan basketball over the past year is weird. First off, they had a super talented team that wasn't good last season. That's the on-the-court stuff. You sure. wonder why. Yeah. Um, then their best player, an All-American, transfers out of there. Yeah. Even though he says he was happy there, but like couldn't get any real money. Like, how's the University of Michigan not flourishing in NIL, uh, in that NIL space? Um, then you've got Jawan Howard missing games because he's recovering from open heart surgery. Okay, that makes sense. But then returning to the bench, but still acting as the assistant coach, that's unusual. Like, I'm on the bench and healthy enough to argue with officials so much so that I get thrown out of a game, but I'm not going to coach the team. Just weird, right? And then this was in the Detroit News story, which I think is also just strange. In the Detroit News story, it says Jawan Howard has not spoken to the local media since March 18th. I know. I saw that. Since they lost to Vandy in the NIT. How does a major college basketball coach not speak to the media even once throughout the entire offseason? Your son enters the NBA draft early. No comment. Your best player transfers to Kansas. No comment. You try to get Caleb Love. That doesn't go through. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No comment. Like what? A, what a like that's not normal. Well, I, like the whole thing is just weird. I and you're getting zero disagreement from from me on that end. Um, and it doesn't really matter to the point of what Howard's going through now. But it just is just it's a fact of the matter. And people that are covering Michigan, have covered Michigan, been in that area. Jawan Howard, maybe it's a fa- it's it's because of he spent, you know, two decades in the NBA before getting to college. He's just he's arguably the least uh media friendly high major coach that's that's in the sport right now and because it's Michigan, you know, he, he can do it because it's allowed. How about that? But it is it is especially abnormal that he's I don't even gone. know why you would want to do it. I I I I agree, and trust me, there have there have been people multiple times that have gone to Juwan, uh, basically since he got to Michigan to try and get him to change his ways, and that has not happened yet. So, so when situations like this happen, um, yeah, it doesn't exactly put him in a uh, an advantageous position overall. It is, 
it is it is strange. And and on top of all this, Michigan has been like it's had some highs. They got a one seed. They made the elite eight uh, early on in this tenure. They've had some they've had some good and they've had some not so good. And for the fan base, I'd actually be curious to see where they sit right now with with everything regarding Juwan and the status of the program. Uh, by no means is it you know this. Michigan is not cascading away into irrelevance. That's not the situation whatsoever. But um, it is it is also not at, at anywhere near the forefront of a national discussion in terms of being a successful program as of late. Um, you know, it's fighting to stay above 500. wasn't projected as an NCAA tournament team this season. And uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 a tad strange. Uh, and I await both a. Uh, both a, some sort of formal acknowledgement from the university on this and uh, and wait and see if there's if we even get more reporting on this because, you know, obviously I tried to get some stuff as well, but people are very tight-lipped uh, around that university right now and and understandably so, you know, I think, I think you know, the guards are up, uh, tensions are a bit high and this all ultimately falls on Juwan Howard uh, with the one exception here. I mean, you know... It, didn't he didn't know he was going to have to, or you know, the fact that he needed open heart surgery um, is a is a is a factor in this in terms of his availability around the program in the preseason, and and that I'm not going to put on whatsoever. But the overall big picture and what this has been and his past behaviors, you know, charging at Mark Turgeon, you know, before the the uh, Joe Gravenhoff thing in, in 2022, uh, there was a relatively high profile and bizarre encounter he had with Turgeon in the Big Ten tournament where he Howard needed to be held back. He got tossed from that game. Uh, Martelli coached the rest of that one. They, if anything, Michigan's fairly fortunate and Howard had good foresight to bring on someone like Martelli. So you have someone who has two decades of head coaching experience and it's probably helped the program in a significant way. But I don't know. The whole thing is, uh, is strange here. And I thought, you know, when this was all going down Sunday night, I thought by the time we got to Wednesday morning, we might have some real advancement here. But we straight up do not. So that tells me that the university review process um, just hasn't rendered any kind of verdict yet. Uh, but we should get one soon. They got to play another. You know, they got to play a game in three days here, and and you can't. You know, you can't continue to not have any sort of uh, contact with the public to let you know the status of your head coach and where your men's basketball program's at. Yeah, you know, everybody remembers the incident with. Joe Krabinoff, the Wisconsin assistant in the handshake line, that's what created the zero tolerance policy at Michigan that could at least theoretically cost Juwan Howard his job right now. Before that, like you mentioned, March 2021, he gets into that heated exchange with Mark Turgeon, who was the coach at Maryland at the time, had to be restrained. And now we have this with his own strength and condition coach at Michigan. Whatever it is, again, it's enough to where um, it, it rose to the level that it's going through a university review process and the strength and conditioning coach did not travel with the basketball team uh, this weekend. Simply put, what it suggests to me is, and I'm not you know, too eager to diagnose somebody from a distance or at all, even though I am a doctor, mm -hmm. but he seems to have a, like an anger like on a very basic level, like some sort of anger management issue. Like that's a real thing that people deal with. Like if you say something smart to me, or do something weird to me, my instincts aren't to fight you. <laughs> like my head doesn't take me there, yeah. but I do have friends who, or at least people I know who have always been that way. They get just set off so very easily. Like I've seen it dozens of times. They just go from zero to a hundred in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. um, and Jawan Howard, again, I say this with 
you know, I'm not joking around. He appears to be similar. And, and it, he might have always been this way. Like, I remember after the incident with uh, the Wisconsin assistant. So that happened, I believe, on a Sunday afternoon. Because I think I remember podcasting oh, yeah, about oh, yeah. it. It was a Sunday. I remember. Yes. Game was on CBS. We podcasted that night. Yes. It was, I think that's the night I left my phone in my car service. And it went, my phone took off. No, it wasn't really the one where it went to Jersey. Yeah. I think it was the same night. Um, <laughs> so that was a Sunday night. And then on Tuesday night, I guess I'm in studio here in New York, um, CBS Sports Network, and Wally Zerbiak's in studio with me. And we're just sort of talking about this. And I'm like, um, you know, it, you know, did you know, Joe? Like, did you, I'm just like, did you ever play against Jawan? Did you know he was like this? Wally's like, he tried to fight me one time in the middle of a game. YouTube it if you don't believe me. Just, Juwan Howard and Wally Zerbiak get a pop right up. Juwan Howard trying to fight Wally Zerbiak when they were both players in the NBA. So he maybe has always had this this quick fuse. Um, and it, it seems obvious that on some level he struggles to to control his emotions when things go to a, a, a certain uh, place. I mean, I'll just keep simple. Juwan Howard has been in more almost fights publicly known almost fights in the past three years that I've been in, in my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. Like what, like let's just keep it as simple as that. What I have seen Jawan Howard do like with my own eyes over the past three years is more aggressive than I've been at any point in my entire adult life with anybody. Like that's, that's a problem, right? Yeah. And, and it's, if you are like a high-ranking Michigan official, this has to be exhausting. Between everything with Jim Harbaugh and you know Michigan versus everybody, it, it feels like it's Jawan Howard versus everybody. Frankly, that's that's really what the T-shirt should say: Jawan Howard versus everybody. But between all of the Jim Harbaugh stuff, the Connor Stallions bet, all this stuff, and then you bring in the Howard stuff that has happened with regular, it just feels like it is exhausting to be. Uh, employed and affiliated with that university at a high-ranking level, like Warren Manuel. He, Bless him. He gets he gets played plenty for the paid plenty for the job that he has, but at at what point does it become worth it to have, you know, dealing with all these headaches? And then like on top of that, like they're trying to get the Harbaugh stuff done with the new contract, and it's like under no circumstances will you even entertain taking an NFL job. I don't know. Uh, juice worth the squeeze. Now Michigan Michigan football fans, I completely understand. You're the number one seed in the college football playoff and on the brink of an all time national championship, but it has come at the expense of more mental anguish than you could possibly have ever dreamed of. Um, the Howard stuff is a different bucket altogether. And yeah, it, you know, again, I don't know the nature of why this happened and Sanderson not traveling to the game, I think is a fairly important detail because somebody or people made that decision. And I want to know whose decision it was. And was it made like with Sanderson? Did he want to not go? Was he told not to go? Did he think in the best interest? But it was obviously bad. The incident was bad enough that it's gone to university review above the athletic department. And having those two men in the same travel party was deemed not an appropriate action after whatever kind of encounter they had at Michigan practice. Um, we'll wait and see on that. And if this was done, a point was made to me on Tuesday, I guess it was, if this happened on the practice court or somewhere, there's a decent probability that it was caught on video. Right. Um, but if it was in like a hallway longer as well, let's get the video TMZ. What are you doing? Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, but, but to your point, like the dream on green Jordan pool video, that was just a camera running on practice. Like there are right. often these days, there's just a camera going all the time. That's right. 
yeah. in 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 practice facilities. And so, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get the video. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, although it's believed not to be uh, physical, you know, like no hands went, but it could have been just, you know, a heated moment. Um, there's some speculation as to the nature of why they even uh, got face to face. I'm not going to really dip into that because it hasn't been confirmed. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's go on this and let's have let's just have some clarity one way or the other. And yeah, that's what I got. TMZ, get the tape, get the tape, and then we'll break it down like this the Subruder film. How about that? There we go. That's a promise. Let's move on. If history is an indicator of the future, and sometimes it isn't, but if it is this season, then we already know that uh, one of 12 teams is going to win the national championship. Deadleg and I are going to talk through, uh, talk through that momentarily, but first, I'm going to need a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So as Deadleg pointed out earlier this week on the app formerly known as Twitter, mm-hmm. one of the uh, top 12 teams in the week six AP poll has gone on to win the national championship for 20 consecutive years. It's a weird but interesting fact. Deadleg, uh, what we're about to talk about is a fact. Mm-hmm. No getting around that, but does it mean anything? Let's stop here for a second. Okay. Does this fact prove that if you're not one of the best teams in the country in the middle of December, you could not win the national title in early April? Or is it, yeah, something that's true, but also something that you can't actually draw anything meaningful from? I think I think you probably can draw something meaningful from this. Um, so, and, and credit to John Gassaway, who works for ESPN, although he, uh, he published this on his personal site. He first published it like six, seven years ago, where he had noticed... Uh, for whatever reason, that the six week, week six of the AP top 25 poll, um, a team that was placed inside the top 12 has gone on to win the national championship. In, and now it's 20 years running. And even there were a number of years where this was the case before 2003 uh, through much of the 90s. Syracuse 2003 just happens to be the one exception. So, yes, even like the Shabazz seven seed UConn team, top 12 in that in, in week six of that. They were uh, undefeated. I went and looked that one up. Yeah, that's, they were, that's the one I was like, were they? Because they yeah. were a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. They started great, though. They were like, I think they were undefeated in week six. Correct. So does it mean, I think it actually does mean something. And so just for a little more clarity around the stat, and and it is it is relatively fascinating. Um, you, you have other weeks, like week three, the preseason poll, which Gasway notes is the least reliable to predict a national champion um, among any others. Um at the top of it, meanwhile, the one right before selection, right after selection Sunday is the most accurate, which would stand to reason. Um, none of those polls have a team 
uh, year after year after year, that's the eventual national champion. That's even within the top 15. But the week six one uh, happens to be that. And, and some of Gassaway's reasoning is that you get, he, he calls it, uh, quote, an evaluative continental divide. And by that, he means you've got the preseason poll, which on balance, 1 to 25 on a yearly basis, is actually pretty accurate telling you which team should be ranked ho- relatively highly when we get to the NCAA tournament and performing deep into the tournament. So you still have some of that. But you don't have um, you don't have some of the misses as well. You've got enough early season data where teams that have played potentially in bracket play um, are capable of winning against quality opponents. And um, there are still a number of teams that, while this is by no means a, a direct barometer, you have teams that are in that top 12 that are yet to lose a game. And those teams might tend to go on to to win a national championship or certainly compete therein. So um, there's no exact reason why this is the case, but it is the case. Like last year, UConn, week six, they went on to win the title. It was third. Year before that, Kansas would win the title. Week six, eight people, it was seventh. Year before that, it was Baylor in 2020, 2021. It was second in the poll. Year before that, Virginia was six. I did not count 2020. Kansas and Dayton, though, if you're curious, were both in the top 12. Um, Virginia was six. Before that, Nova was number one. Carolina was seven. And then Nova, 15, 16. You can keep going down. Somewhere in the top 12 overall. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing. This week is slow as hell right now. So why not dive into it? And let's we should power rank our likelihood, one through 12, of, of who we think is going to win the national title from these, these set of 12 teams that are in the AP Top 25 this week. Okay, I agree with you, by the way. I do think you could draw something meaningful from this. And it, like... I think one thing is that the list of actual national championship contenders, and I, I think you and I have agreed on this for years, is is typically much smaller than you think. Like there, there there's somebody right, there's a fan of a school right now ranked uh, 19th in the country or 14th in the country, and they are certain like if things break the right way, like we could be the national champion. And what history tells us is that no, you're probably not going to be. That's Texas right now is 19. So if you're a Texas fan, I hate to break it to you, it's not going to happen. It's over for you. It's over. It's over for you. I don't even know why you're continue. Like, thank God your football team's great because it's over for you. Hey, we'll we'll we'll, we'll give it another run next year, That's but right. this season is over. Rodney Terry, our apologies is packing. Our apologies, it. Rodney. I, 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 you know, I I like the roster, but the season is over. You're 19th. That's not good enough. That's not going to do it. So, um, and then I think uh, what what it also illustrates is that not only is the list of national championship contenders typically smaller than than uh, than some realize, but we we typically know who those teams are pretty early. In fact, we often know who those teams are in the preseason, like before it even starts. But about now, we have enough we have enough data to. To, to, to tell us, hey, these, these look like the best teams in the country. And typically one of the teams that looks like the best team in the country around now, well, for 20 straight years, that team has been the national champion. So, okay, for people who don't have the AP poll right in front of them, luckily I do. So let me run you through it. Texas, Texas is 19th, by the way. It's over for them. I like the roster, but it's over. Arizona is number one right now in the AP poll, followed by number two, Kansas, three, Purdue, four, Houston, five, UConn, six, Baylor, seven, Marquette, eight, Creighton, nine, North Carolina, 10, Gonzaga, 11, Oklahoma, 12, Tennessee. All right. All right. Before we, before, hold on, before we power rank, teams not on that list that in the preseason might have been considered in this bucket. Kentucky, not in the top 12. Over for them. Duke. Not in the top 12. Done. 
By the way, Tyrese Proctor did not play again. Duke was able to pull away from Hofstra on Tuesday. Have an issue uh, with the ankle there. Miami not in the top 12 as well. Over for them. Um, Congratulations to Kim Palm for being correct about Miami. He was. You have yourself an Oklahoma problem, though. That's that. You know what? You give and you give and take with it there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other teams that are outside the rankings right now that receive votes that would have been their preseason. Um, Arkansas, I uh, not for Indiana, me. Obviously, Indiana's not Indiana on the list. Is not considered preseason. That's enough. Um, I think the only other team, Arkansas, is not in there by any means. It's not close. Was the only other team that might have been that top 15 conversation. Although. Uh, I had a And M high. It's not. It's not in there. It's over for them as well. I think that's pretty much it among notables that in the preseason you thought you might have been there, and now you are not. It's old man. It's tough when you look forward to the season all summer. Then it gets here, and then you find out on December thirteenth it's over for you. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. It's tough. I don't know. But year three of the John Shire era. Looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> let's let's get to these teams. <laughs> all right, we don't need to bury. We're not. We don't need to bury every other team. No, it's done. It's over. All right. All right. John Gasaway said it's over. I'm not arguing him. Right. That guy knows so many words. Man, I ain't never seen somebody writes about basketball knows more words than John Gasaway. They're out there. You might as well use them. I, I, I am 46 years old. I've been running around the world like nonstop, nearly five decades. I, I'm constantly hearing words. Yeah. Constantly. You would think at this point I've heard all of them. And then I'll, yeah. I'll click on a gas away column and I'll be like, well, shit, I never heard that word before. And so I'll Google it. And then he used it perfectly every time. He knows exactly what he's doing. I've never seen anything like I'm it. I'm glad you're auditing. auditing I've never seen like, yeah, I'm not just stuff. taking his word for it. I don't trust him. I don't trust him blindly. Okay. I'm going to fact check him, but he always gets it right. Whatever word, man, he knows exactly what he knows exactly how to use appropriately use a word nobody's ever heard of other than him. And somehow it's always in the dictionary. It's amazing. If the words are out there, I encourage you to use them. I, I endorse the practice. Okay. One through 12. How many teams will we have in the same spot? Our likely, our likelihood, we are power ranking the 12 teams in the week six AP top 25, one through 12, our likelihood long-term, the futures, if you will, of okay, we're going to count them. Future. Let's count them 12 to 1. Ooh, like, 12 to 1. Okay, we're going like to have the college football playoff rankings. There we go. I think and let's, and let's, let's leave Florida State out of the top four. Uh, I'll leave Florida State out of the top 12. How about that? I'll do you one better. It's over for them. It really is. Okay. Number 12. I think we've got the same team. Do we not? And I want to be clear. I am not basing this on the top 25 and one. The top 25 and one is resume influenced. Mm -hmm. And this, I'm simply saying, these are the 12 teams ranked one through 12 in the AP poll. I'm ranking them in an order of which I think they are likely to actually win the national championship based on nothing that has actually happened in the season. I'm just ranking them based on what's inside All my right, big yeah, brain. We got, we got it. It's, it's the, Yeah. Okay. Let's go. What do you got? Number 12 is Oklahoma. Correct. Oklahoma is number 12. Porter Motors Sooners, I've got 12. Number 11, I've got North Carolina. I've got Gonzaga at 11. Ooh, you've, you've always hated Mark Few. Okay, you've got Gonzaga at 11. I think... Uh, I, think I apologize. I don't feel comfortable with that. Nope, it's done. I think we're going to have the same team at 10 then. I got Tennessee at 10. Well, I've got I've got North Carolina at 10. Oh, okay. So we, our first three, our, our bottom three are the same bottom three. No, they're not. I don't have Gonzaga in my bottom three. 
Oh, somebody's looking to go back to Spokane, I see. I've got Gonzaga at nine, and I did vacillate, if you will. I did deliberate. Um, but it's Mark Few. He makes the Sweet 16 every damn year. That's true. Maybe they crack on through. Tennessee does not. Rick Barnes is like 26 and 26 all time in the tournament. That was my deciding factor. So I've got Oklahoma 12, Carolina 11, Tennessee 10, Gonzaga 9. Do you have the same four in your bottom four? No. Oh, so you've got Tennessee even higher. You you cannot stand Greg McDermott, can you? I can stand Greg McDermott. That's I can stand him, no problem. Yeah. Not Creighton? No. I, okay, so I got 12 Oklahoma, 11 Gonzaga, 10 North Carolina. Number nine, I can't say it. I can't even say it. This I've is got right. Baylor at number nine. I don't care. Yeah. I've got Baylor at number nine. I don't feel comfortable with that. That's not going to age well. I don't feel great about this. Baylor at nine. The unbeaten Bears, by the way, I've got a I've got a nugget on the unbeaten teams before we get out of the segment, too. Um I will let you I will reveal when I get to Baylor, but we are not uh I'm not close to Baylor yet. So you got Baylor at nine. I've got Gonzaga at nine. I've got Creighton at eight. Who do you have? I also have Creighton at eight. Okay, so we've got two teams in the same spot. We've got the Jays sitting there at eight. I've got, and this is where, okay, so in my opinion, there are there are two tiers, all right? So the bottom tier is Creighton, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Carolina, Oklahoma for me. And then I was like, damn, this team is seven? One of these teams is definitely winning the title. I've got Houston, number one at Ken Palm right now. I've got Houston at seven. I've got Tennessee at seven. Okay, all right, there we go. There we go. Oh, wow. You picked a wild time to stop believing in Kelvin Sampson. No, I just, I literally told you they're in the top tier. I'm right there. All right. I've got Kansas at six. And my, the reason that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. Whatever. The reason why I've got Kansas at six is they've got four really good players. And then I just got to see on everyone else, man. So that is, that is my biggest reason why. Yes. For winning the title, I want to be clear winning six games in the tournament. That's, we're talking futures specifically, not where they are right now. I'm talking likelihood to win the title. I've got Kansas six. It feels like you're one of those media members who's trying to play judge and jury with the Jayhawks. Like you don't like that they got off with that infractions case. And now you're trying to punish them with your power rankings. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> That's not true, but I'm sure there are some Kansas fans out there that, that I saw that on a message board. Oh, really? Yeah. You're, po- yeah. you're populating and, uh, and, and checking in on the old message boards here, huh? Yeah. I was on a Kansas message board and they said, um, Mm. That other they that did. other guy, Norlander. Are you? That mm. other guy, Norlander. He's always trying to play judge and jury with us. <laughs> I'm sorry that Bill Self got a lifetime contract. I don't know that you need to punish his program in your power <laughs> rankings. I don't know if this is really a punishment. Who do you have at six? Marquette. Man, you cannot stand Shaka Smart. I don't... You got to put somebody six, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got to put somebody at six. Marquette. That's right. That's the way this stuff works. That's the way as somebody who writes every morning. It's the way it works. You got to put somebody at six. Can't just leave six. As a reminder, this, this is GP's true top 25 and one ranking. The other stuff that he publishes, that's not, that's not what he really thinks. They're right here. This is is where you get the real stuff. That's the real. (laughs) This is the real stuff. (laughs) Just pure unfiltered. Okay, let's get to our top five. Five 
as the as the fella who put the Baylor Bears top five in the preseason, I have them top five here. I have Baylor fifth most likely to win the national championship. I got UConn. I, I, if, if I, unless I'm mistaken, as recently as like last week, you were sitting at a table with Dan Hurley at the Final Four, and now a team that whose best looks as good as anyone in the country, you got them all the way down at five. It's an insult. I don't know if you know how numbers work. Yeah. But somebody's got to be fine. I know how hypocrisy works, okay? I know. I mean, you've got Kansas down at six. I never see anything. Okay. You I got, got UConn at five. You got UConn at five. I got Baylor at five. I have Marquette at four. Reasonably placed Marquette Golden Eagles sitting there at number four. Who do you got? Houston at four. The team I identified that would be the final undefeated team in college basketball. There are only seven remaining. The Cougars are still eligible. I have them as the fourth most likely team to win the national championship. Okay. Who do you have at three? I think this is Kansas. Arizona. Wow. Wow. Look at you. Arizona, number one in the top 25 and one, but not actually the team I would give the best shot to win a national championship. I've got the Yukon Huskies sitting there at number three. I've got Arizona, number two. I've got the Arizona Wildcats number two, and I one, two, and three here were uh, quite the internal deliberation. But yes, give me the Wildcats two. <laughs> you must have Kansas too. I have Purdue at number two. Look at you! Look at you! Wow! Wow! You really did it! You really did it! You put Kansas at number one. Sure, why not? All right, check out their in-season Torvik right now. Let me sort some data. Oh, you don't know how to sort data. Not on a Wednesday. <laughs> I can do it every day of the week and twice on Wednesday. Uh, Kansas right now sitting there at 19th in efficiency so far this season. But the uh, top 12, they got a shot. Yeah, that sounds like nerd numbers to me. You mean the numbers you literally reference every day when you do the top 25 and one? That sounds like some. That sounds like some nerd stuff to me. Yeah. I'm just gonna, right. hey, I'm just gonna trust Bill Self to have an awesome basketball team. According to Torvik, right now and top, among top 12 teams, Kansas is behind. North Carolina, Tennessee, Baylor, Gonzaga, Marquette, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Creighton, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. Purdue, Mm -hmm. Arizona, and Houston. Mm -hmm. Is that 12th? Are they last? Is that that all the other teams? I'm serious. Is there another team that we mentioned that is behind Kansas right now in efficiency? Gonzaga might be. Did I mention Gonzaga? No, I did. No, yeah. I think they're last. Unless there's Oklahoma. Maybe it's Oklahoma. Where's Oklahoma right now? No, Oklahoma's ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Well, then you and Gasaway can discuss it on your little nerd your little nerd podcast. But over, over here at the Cool Kids table, we're going to continue to trust Bill Self to be awesome. What a risky thing. What a risky thing, assuming Bill Self's going to have an bu- awesome basketball team. I'm, I'm not saying he won't have an awesome Ooh, basketball team. You're saying Kansas is the most likely national champion of the group when statistically... It's the least likely so far this season. I, I'm, I'm making a comment, not a judgment. There's a difference. I can't wait like to thing. use this like later on a Sunday show. I can't wait. It sounds like a nerd evaluation. This is how this is this is this is this is how you get the reputation as an independent thinker. <laughs> you look at all that data, you sort it, and then you say, "I don't trust it this time. I trust Bill. What what am I going to trust the the data?" Or Bill Self. I'm pretty sure you do nothing but trust the data 
every single time you do the top 25. Here's the thing, though. There's only one thing in this world I trust more than the data. Bill Self. So now what? Bill Self versus data. A rivalry that goes back decades. Except I take Justin Bill Self over data. I trust data over everybody else, but Bill Self over data. In other words, if the data says that, um, if if the data says that Duke isn't good, I just go. I guess Duke's not good. What a surprise! Didn't see this coming. All right, but if the data says Kansas is just mediocre, I say I don't trust it. I trust Bill Self. As for the seven undefeated teams, this is highlighted in uh, Wednesday's court report which he'll publish if if you're watching live, it'll publish soon. If you're listening, it'll probably already be up. Um, I hit up Pomeroy. I said, listen, we got seven unbeatens left. I had two questions for him. I said, one, how often do we get to this point in the calendar, December 13th, and uh, and we only have this this few undefeated teams remaining? Um, that info is in Wednesday's court report. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he did give me the likelihood of each of these seven remaining unbeatens to be the last Unbeaten. And here they are in order. Houston right now, 40% chance to be the last one. Oh, guess who predicted that with with, with no numbers whatsoever? James in the Madison. GP. Number two, James Madison, who perished, I think, just started ranking the Dukes two nights ago after people told him he should do it for three weeks. But you know what he did? He looked at the data. Got deep in his, his nerd feelings. Refused to do it. 21.5%. James Madison, number two on the list. Baylor. The school and coach that Parrish has also has on his hate list. Third, 12.6% chance to be the last unbeaten team. Arizona, the best team in the country right now, uh, is fourth on the list, but it's got that it's got that pesky Purdue game waiting this weekend. So because of that, Arizona has an 11.7% chance to have the first loss come last in the sport. Oklahoma's next all the way down, um, all the way down the list here at 7.9% chance. Clemson. Clemson and the Mississippi. Clemson, 3.9%. Ole Miss, 2.5%. Ole Miss still not ranked, by the way. Was not in the AP Top 25. So there you go. Little uh, little six weeks in statistical analysis of uh, some of the best teams in the sport. Ole Miss is in the top 25 and one. Not ranked, though. Well, what is history? Who's right and who's wrong? Uh, What's history say? <laughs> hey, hey. When it comes to when it comes hey. to Mississippi as a top twenty five team, I think I think history says it's not. No, AP poll versus versus top twenty five and one. One of us used to write a column every Monday pointing out how stupid the AP poll is. Maybe that needs to be brought back because did you see what happened this week? I, I, I could do it every week. Colorado kicked Miami out of the greater New York City area on a neutral floor and still isn't ranked while Miami still remains ranked. Okay. You know why? That, that game happened on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. I actually have a quick, quick little note in this in the court report, too. You also had... Illinois over FAU on a neutral. Illinois still ranked ahead of FAU. And the resumes are close enough where that shouldn't be the case. The problem with this is you have a, you know, a, a significant number of voters, and it's not 90%, but it's probably closer to 50% than it is to 15% of reporters who are tasked with covering college football into mid-December, but they are voting in the AP Top 25 poll while they cover it to a certain degree, I'm convinced that a lot of these reporters just are not, and I understand it. You got a job. Lazy. Lazy is the word you're looking for. Lazy. That's why this happened. The process needs, the process needs to be broken down and restarted. Uh, you just, you can't. There's a couple. Again, I don't really care about the rankings that much, but it does matter to these programs. 
and to marketing the sport and maybe having an accurate reflection of the, of the state of the sport on a week by week basis. You can't have this. You can't have Colorado destroying Miami and Miami is still sitting there ranked the next day. What are we doing? Anyway, I'm done. No, they're lazy. Like I hear that all the time. Well, you know, so-and-so covers football too. Okay. I rank 26 teams every morning. I've, I, I have made a mistake where, where I go, Oh God, I didn't realize that. Or, Oh God, I did. I, I, Oh man, I missed that game. I've made a mistake like that in all the years of doing this every morning. Now, I'm not saying I've always been right. Like, you know, rankings are subjective, but in terms of like, Oh geez, I didn't even see the result of that game. And I didn't move this team. I just missed it. That has happened to me one time, one time where I woke up the next morning and I had realized I had missed something. And it was the morning after my birthday. <laughs> we had stayed out late. One time. How dare you? I, I got multiple jobs. I don't have to cover football, but I do a lot of stuff. All right? It just comes down to do you take your responsibility serious or not? Do you Are you focused? Are you willing to put the work in? So my thing has always been, if you are, if you are actually an AP voter who doesn't have the time to focus on your responsibility that you agree to do, then don't do it. But I, I have no uh, sympathy for. Well, you know, I had to cover college football too. Yeah, well, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to do a bunch of stuff too every day. Somehow I managed to. I'm not, you know, you could argue with the rankings, but don't ever think I don't put thought into it. Don't ever think I don't put the time into it. No, they're just lazy. It's embarrassing. I, I, can't, I, I, I just, I can't take your ranking seriously though. I should be the AP poll. It should just be me, <laughs> folks. He's not kidding. It really should. I should just be the AP poll. One man AP poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah, I, should, that's what you want it's what the world Ryan wants. the chat is, is says wait a second does GP rank 26 teams each morning you may or may not realize this he mentions it almost every single show I should be the AP poll word from our partners I don't care anymore Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You want to look ahead to the next couple of days? Yeah, but I do like the idea of like the word from the partners being like, you just, you're, you're chilling in the ocean. You don't even realize. And suddenly there's this wave that just comes and knocks you right in your ass. <laughs> you ever get that? You're just like, oh, here Surprise it is. words. Surprise words from our partners. Exactly. Out of nowhere. It's like a sucker punch from our partners. <laughs> And here's a sucker punch from our partners. Exactly. Hey, I got some bad news. Uh, give it to me. The next two days suck. Just like the last two days. <laughs> they do. I this we are in the we are just we're crawling through the desert right now. It's not good. No wonder Jawan Howard's trying to fight everybody. Probably looked at the schedule and been like, what am I gonna watch tonight? 
pow. He's done us a favor. He gave us content. He gave us a lead item for a show in the middle of a week when there are no compelling games. So there you go. Juwan Howard was probably on a CBS Sports app, just scrolling through. He's like, man, what am I going to watch tonight? He's like, damn, there ain't no games. Ah, boom. Isn't that the way it works? You say so. What do we got? Nothing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right, here's what I got for you. UNLV. You want, can I interest you, Creighton and UNLV and the Jack Jones Classic? Shouts to Jack Jones, proud Memphian. I, the, that game is on CBS Sports Network. Gary Parrish is in studio tonight, Wednesday night, for CBS Sports Network. You can catch him there. And uh, Oh, yeah, so when you heard me say yeah. that there's nothing great, what I meant is, boy, <laughs> woo, you ain't going to want to miss this one. It's Creighton and UNLV in the Jack Jones Classic. CBS Sports Network tonight. There we go. There Edit we go. out that other part. Thursday has nothing. With that being said, I saw something interesting that I to, we can wrap the show with here uh, relatively quickly. Um, you may have seen this. I'm hoping you didn't, but you may have seen it. Uh, trivia time. Who was the most searched for college basketball player in the year 2023? Most searched college basketball player 2023, Brandon Miller. Incorrect. You want more guess? Yeah. I want seven more guesses. No, you get one more guess. You're not getting seven more. We're not sticking around here. We're getting this out in under an hour. I want 40 more guesses. Okay. Who else played college? Most searched for college basketball player in 2023. Is he, calling, is he calling up a Google search right now? No, 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 I'm not. I'm just looking at teams. I just need to see teams. So I would I not play. recommend you look at teams. Okay. Most I you down the wrong path here. Active player. This player plays college basketball. He still plays college basketball. Hunter Dickinson. I didn't say he. Oh, she. Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. College basketball. Okay. Oh, that's a trick question. And no, I said college basketball player. I know, but it's a trick question. It plays off my it plays off of my biases. <laughs> okay, so college You're basketball losing my biases. College basketball reference on Tuesday shared a couple of interesting infographs. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see hey, YouTube. in every single state in the union, the most searched for player was Caitlin Clark. As it should be, congrats to Caitlin Clark, a future Indiana Fever. Uh, that WNBA franchise won its lottery earlier this week, and she will be sticking around in the Midwest. Uh, almost certainly will be the number one pick in the next WNBA draft. However, before we now just got the next one ready for us, there was a men's one specifically. I didn't count these out. Hold on. One, two. There's two players that are in the running. One is active and one is not. It is This is fascinating as hell. Um, it looks like, okay, most search for men's player in the year 2023 was Brandon Miller. It is Brandon Miller. Don't bring it up. The other most search for men's player, not active, not even walking with us on this mortal coil anymore. What played in the sec. Uh, like, I don't even know what mortal coil means. You're like trying to gas away me. Put that in English. It's not. He, he, he died? He doesn't stride amongst us on he the did. terra He's <laughs> dead? He has passed. He passed in, I want to say, 88, 89, late 80s. I'm almost positive. River Phoenix. Stop. 
Oh, and I think River Phoenix might have passed early 90s. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, SEC player. What's the question? Has, uh, most searched for player. And he died in the 80s? Yes. And he was the most searched for player in 2023? Second most. Brandon Miller was number one. Doesn't even make any sense. Chat. I don't even look at the chat. Okay. Oh, Pistol Pete? Pistol Pete Maravich. Bring this image up, Nada. Well, let's dissect this a little bit here. Uh, okay. So if you're not watching, the most searched for players, most viewed player pages by state were Pistol Pete when he was at LSU and then Brandon Miller. But we've got we've got an array here. I think Miller is partly because of what Miller got caught up in at Alabama, but also what if was, people what this could be skewed. What if people were just Googling Brandon Miller pistol and then Pistol Pete got credit for that? Have you thought about that? It could be a flaw in the Google. What if actually nobody Googled Pistol Pete? They just Googled Brandon Miller pistol and now Pistol Pete gets all the credit. I don't know if it says more about me or more about you that I didn't put that together or that you did. Oh my God, Parrish. I'm just saying you don't. <laughs> Not I mean, I don't know how Google works right exactly. Now. I'm just wondering. Right. <laughs> Aside from all of this, Christian Brown dominating the Rockies. Now he plays for the Nuggets. So he won Colorado. He won Wyoming. And he's the winner in Montana. Drew Timmy had Washington State and Idaho. That makes sense. Um, Tyler Kolick from Rhode Island was number one in Rhode Island. Imani Bates, the top search player in the state of Vermont. The state <laughs> where I had my formative years. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Jordan Walsh, uh, you know, in the area. Did Imani Bates, like, do a big number against Vermont? Is that how that happened? May, uh, I don't think so. He was also the number one search player in the state of Ohio was Imani Bates. The internet was was cruising in Indiana, and I got one more Indiana thing in the next image I'm going to show you. But Trace oh, I've got Jackson a lot of Indiana things. Let me get my file ready. Indiana, stop. Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, that makes sense. Um, Adama Sonogo in Connecticut, that makes sense. But uh, so much, I mean, Maravich won out in the Dakotas, Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, and then of course, or excuse me, Mississippi, and then of course, Louisiana, where he played his college ball. Uh, Marquise Noel in the state of Kansas makes sense. Kaysen Wallace in Oklahoma was the most searched player. And then, of course, how could we forget in New Mexico? Nelly Jr. Joseph. And why is that? <laughs> why would why Paris is getting a chuckle out of why would Nelly Jr. Joseph be the most searched player in New Mexico? He played for one Patino and moved to play for another place for Richard and Lobos. That's why uh, this is I have I found this riveting. Um the Maravich stuff in particular. Okay. Last one. You can just bring this up, Nada. The most searched for teams state by state at sports reference in the year 2023. A lot of it is what you'd expect, except for Kentucky dominating this map. I mean, Kentucky was the most searched for team in Alaska, California, Montana, Vermont, Maine, Florida, Texas. A lot of these schools match up with one exception. Look at the exception on the map, GP. Look at this. And if you're not watching, we'll say it in just a second. What one of these, what, which one of these doesn't match up? Miami and Illinois. Why is Miami the <laughs> most the thing, so, team in the I, state of Illinois? I was so nervous to say that out loud because I was like, 
Am I a hundred percent sure that's Illinois? <laughs> <laughs> Every other one: Minnesota is Minnesota, Nebraska is Nebraska, Kansas is Kansas, BYU is Utah, Gonzaga is Washington State. You know, although UConn won won Pennsylvania. Uh, Villanova, you want to be a blue blood, you got to be the most searched for program in your own damn state. You can't have UConn lapping you like that. But Miami and Illinois, I don't know what's happened there. Like, what? What is any explanation for that? I don't know. Someone I mean, we chat- lost Bernelli, so we lost those Google searches. That makes sense. But I wouldn't think it would matter this much, you know? You wouldn't think so. Someone just mentioned in the chat that Pistol Pete might have been so highly searched for because Antoine Davis was chasing down his scoring record, and that does make sense. That's a good reminder. Oh, yeah, that is good. That is a good refresher on that. Parrish likes his... his comp- Completely haphazard and reckless theory more, but just think it out loud. The Antoine Davis thing makes a lot more sense there. Um, I just found this to be fascinating. It's a slow week, and this is, uh, yeah, if you want to look at these teams, you got to bring up the YouTube page and, and check this out near the end of the show. I think that's, uh, I think that's all I got. All right, that's all I got. Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, Terry MF and Teagle legend. Huck Larnell, thank you guys once again for listening and watching. I on College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. So do that. We'll talk to you again on Friday morning. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.